Welcome back to Time for Heroes podcast. This week my guest is Mark Sharp of Mark Sharp and the Bicycle Thieves. Coming from the same area as Lewis Capaldi and the Snuts, it seems only a matter of time before they become the next successful artist to come out of Whitburn. Having played all the notable venues in Scotland and a mini tour of England under their belt, I spoke to Mark about his career highlights to date and what the band's plans are for the future. And, as always, we finished with Mark picking his four heroes to come for dinner. Enjoy the show, guys, and I'll be back again soon with another episode of the Time for Heroes podcast. How was your gig last night? Uh, I did a wee, uh, just like a wee pre-recorded set for Gig in the Goyle. Right. So my mate, uh, we've played every year. It's actually our manager that, that um, he works up in our Gale holiday right. camp, so he does. Uh, he kind of puts that festival in. Uh, so uh, we we play every year. It's probably me festival. Like, have you ever been? I've not been to the festival, but I've I've been up at the lodges two or three times with, with my mates. It's, ah, it's really nice up there. Ah, uh, she got for a festival, mate. It's, mm. it's brilliant. So when's that? When is that? So, no, it's Saturday. Uh, it. uh, we just got pre-recorded. I think there is bands like doing like uh, live sets up there, but right. they're only a certain amount doing it. And we 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 were only all three like as a full band to go up. We've got other stuff on, so we just did a wee pre-recorded one at my mates' house. Ended up taking all the all the stuff at the living room and that. Right. So just where it is in? It's got. Whereabouts is it? Is it in the hotel that they do it? Uh, I'm not sure where this one is. They've got it's obviously the holiday camp, so they've got um, got a big hall in there. So that's like one stage, mm-hmm. and there's like loads of rooms in the wee castle. But right, so there's a stage in there, and uh, I the wee hotel bar. But right, it used to be like a wee acoustic sets in there. That was the first first time I played it. I did a wee acoustic set in there, like. Good atmosphere in there, though. Aye. I've done karaoke up there. I must have been the first person to sing up there. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Right, uh, I'm going to get started anyway. Thanks for coming on, Mark. uh, Just tell us a wee bit, give us a wee bit of insight into where you grew up, how you grew up, and how you got into music. Aye, so I brought on work on in West Slovenia. And uh, aye, it's not the best place, but it's not the worst place either. Uh, it's quite a good community about the place as well. So, and you can see now, especially now, like how good the folk are around here with like bands and that, just like just supporting like for ourselves. And mm-hmm. It's not sluice and all that. Uh, aye, it's a great wee community. So, the cup follows everywhere. We all usually play gigs in Glasgow and that, but or wherever. I mean, even folk of Floyd is doing in Newcastle and stuff, so yeah. Uh, it's, it's class. But I uh, I brought up here just I just always love music. My mom and dad were big big Elvis fans, Bowie, uh Rod Stewart in the Faces and stuff like that. So right. always brought up we good be good music around me. Um I've just, just loved it always. And when I was a kid, man, I was games playing football. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't 
I was yeah. I enjoyed music, but I wasn't. I never like picked up an instrument or anything like that when I was younger or anything. And I just enjoyed playing football and listening to tunes. And when I got a bit older, just going to gigs. I just what? like being in about that kind of. Mm-hmm. What, what gigs were you going to? Because there was, I mean, back like 10, 15 years ago, there was a good scene, Glasgow and kind of West Lothian and all that, because I used to go and see Apple Scruffs, Apple Scruffs, High Five Alive, uh, Dead yeah. Sea Souls, Ewan Butler was always yeah. kicking about with Apple Scruffs and all that, man. Yeah. So it was a good scene. Mate, that's, that... that's, the exact, that's the exact gigs I used to go to all the right. time. My brother used to play guitar and that, so he'd get us into the gigs uh, for nothing. He's, he'd usually be playing all the way, okay, Dead Sea Souls and all that. So, uh, and they're, they're boys off the work on as well, good pals with uh, Gary, uh, Freeman, yeah. uh, I, Apple Scruffs. I've actually got a kind of big hearts uh, LP. Aye, I've got that as well. So I've got that and I, I, and I, I found it. Uh, not long ago, and I was like, I must have got like Johnny and all that to sign it. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's signature, don't know who signed it, like, but there's signatures on it. Uh, but I love that tune, and I used to always play Bathgate at uh, Harley's. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I, you'd never seen it like it. If you, if you actually Google, or sorry, if you just like go on YouTube or something to watch their videos for Harley's, it's fucking mental, man. I've watched them, I've watched all of them. Like sweat boxes. <laughs> hey, I, I'm sure I'm kicking a bit in line. Ah, you've got. I'll go back and have a look. Uh, I mean, I sold tickets to Ewan. I sold t- Bell and Sebastian tickets to Ewan night, and at the same time, I was putting on mm-hmm. gigs out here in Russia. And uh, mm-hmm. we drove. Me and my mate drove to Motorola to drop off these tickets to Ewan and I was t- I was telling him about these gigs that I was putting on and I was trying to get um, Strawberry Ocean Sea I was I says I'm mm-hmm. speaking to their manager trying to get them on the bill and he's like ah, this is a drummer here and it was it was Kobo but I Aye. didn't fucking recognise I felt like right fucking dick I'm talking about this band and <laughs> fucking drummers right in front of me I didn't know who he was Aye Aye <laughs> I your best pals eh, Kobo and Yusuke Mm-hmm. But Kobo used to drum for us as well. Aye. Uh, we just first started in that, and uh, aye, again, he just diced in the road and that, so again, a good, and a, and a bit of good community with you. Well, it's, aye, well, that's it. Well, that, that's the thing that I was going to talk about, obviously, the the sense of community with, obviously, the bands that are out there now, yourselves, the Snuts and Lewis, and uh, Look of Hope as well. So... Like, I mean, you all, all grew up together. Did you all go to school together? And when did you uh, start? Nah, we're all like kind of diff- we're all different, different ages, ages, but uh, and diff- there's like there's a few schools on about around here, so that I think most of us were at different ones. Lewis was at the same school as me, um, but he, he's like a few years younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, same would be Jack, it's not he was he was at Whitburn, but I'm sure he went to St. Kent's as well at one point. Probably got thrown out of school and ended up going there. But nah, just if they got any of the kind of gigs uh, in Bathgate, um, like it would all be the same faces. But uh, as I say, like Lewis was a bit too young, but he was still playing the gigs. I mm-hmm. mean, like, I just started probably going to gigs when I was like 16 or something like that. And he'd be 
he'd be playing like right. when he was like 12, 13 or something so uh, that's mental to see how far he's came uh, well, to see what he's doing now for that when he's sell. the thing with it like all three is really he's a raw kind of he's a raw really talented but he's a raw kind of different He's, Aye, so he's in the same bands, you know what I mean? But even even like listening to like the threes in your careers, he's have kind of all threes have evolved. He's he's don't sound the same yeah. as you you were when you started that. So Aye, definitely. Do you think you take kind of the threes kind of take influences off of one another as well? Um I mean Probably in a way you don't even realise you do, but I probably, but as you say, it's like the music's are totally different. Uh, and that's what's quite surprising as well, because you think if there was like a scene for one area, it would kind of be all the same kind of music. So it's not like a, it's not like it's a punk scene or like a rock scene or anything like that. It's just, it's just tunes, yeah. man. And, it's just musicians uh, kind of supporting one another, really, aren't they? Aye, and I, I think... It's it's good to it's good to be different because you don't want to just see yourselves like just living off that and try to copy them and mm-hmm. hope that they can take you places. You want to do your own thing and uh, make sure you take yourself to that place. Yeah, obviously I've been looking at your like past gigs and things like that. So there's been like a lot of um, Lewis support and Snub support, but you've done quite a few headlines. You, you seem to play like all the all the best places in Glasgow. You've played in Dutch, you've played like right through St. Luke's and all that. So St. Luke's. Um, your headline shows like see like the St. Luke's one and that was that was mega. Um mm-hmm. what, what would you say is your best gig in Glasgow? I'd say it was that uh, St. Luke's gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean playing King Touch was amazing as well. But that's just that's just that's just a natural progression. That's where you, you always if you I don't know if you, you play a few wee venues and that in Glasgow and you go with King Touch, then you know yeah. the next thing you do, you need to step up every time. But like jumping for King Touch to St. Luke's was quite a big jump because it's like double size and it was quite nerve wracking when we decided to just go for that. Mm-hmm. I mean we could have done another wee stepping stone, but we, we decided to just go for it and Again, we managed to we sell that out in advance, and that was that was a big surprise. And then you know, it's yeah. like where's next Barlands, but that's that's asking an awful lot as well. Well, you never know; it, it'll no be it'll no be far off. See, like the hang with St. Luke's, like when I was going to gigs 10, 15 years ago, St. Luke's wasn't it wasn't a hang. So mm-hmm. having that now, like the last I don't know maybe five, six years, man, that's kind of, it's a good kind of step between. Uh, definitely. Venue size, isn't it? What about Academy? Yeah. Is Academy is Academy smaller than Barrowlands? I'm not sure, actually. Uh, I, can't, I don't know if it's much smaller if it is, but... Or maybe uh, like the, the ABC or something like that. That's maybe like... Uh, that that got bumped down, didn't it? Oh, fuck, that, was, that was... That was that, that would have been good to play there. But just before it did, that like the Snuts played there, I think they supported Sherlock's or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was good to like that was at that and 
that was kind of good to see them playing on that stage. I really like that venue, seeing a lot of bands in there. So it would have been good to play that, but uh, unfortunately, it's no longer. What about... But um, I mean, Barrowlands is, is a... That's a dream, though. That's that's pretty bad. Yeah. Oh, of course. I mean, the, bar, the Barrowlands... I've never seen a bad gig in the Barrowlands. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, what about uh, playing down south? How do you feel... Like the crowd take to you down there? Well, that was the kind of... Well, we did a couple of uh, dates through Snuts. Uh, Try to where we played. I think it was Liverpool, well, Sheffield, Sheffield, Sunderland. Aye. Uh, and uh, so, like, that was a good experience for us, getting out of, getting out of side Scotland and kind of just getting my toe in the water down there. And, uh, I take this quite well. So we thought, let's put our enemy tour on. And um, we done Newcastle, London, and Manchester, and uh, I they were brilliant. That was just before the pandemic, obviously. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I we, we might I don't know how we sold it or they shows it, but because you don't expect to sell it anywhere in it's yeah. Scotland. Do you kind of um, I know the that they will know you? I definitely. I mean, it's hard to judge because you don't know. And he's heard in there, but as I say, like folk felt up here kind of followed us doing as well, which was great. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I still, I'm, I'm puzzled to how they, they sold it. It's the sound, though, isn't it? Because see, you now everything's Spotify, so you listen to a band mm-hmm. and then there's you like us, listen to us. So that's, I mean, that's how mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of bands. So it is mm-hmm. good for that, man. Spotify, I ah, definitely. For, or some things, but I was like for that. Aye, aye, aye. And that's, yeah. you try, when you're booking these gigs, you try to gauge, like, because obviously they can tell you who's who's listening where and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So you try to find out through that. And I think at the time, we were getting quite a lot in London and we were actually, I think most players were in, is in like Dublin or something like that, I'm sure. Uh, right. So I think we need to get ourselves out there next. But, uh Aye, you just, I uh, was just chanced it, and luckily we done it and it well. So, what, what one out of the the three would you say was the best there? What sort of crowd? Uh, they were all really good, man. I don't know what one side of the best. I think London was was a uh, that we ended up getting like the guy recorded it, the, the sound boy there. He recorded it for the on us. Luckily, did because then we had something to put it during the pandemic and that, but. Uh, Newcastle for me was was quite a special one because we had we had our mates the, um, uh, the Northern Freds join us on mm-hmm. that and uh, it was just an amazing night and it was the night before we were heads to Aberdeen uh, for Lewis gig so we're, we were on a high like we were buzzing so I the Newcastle crowd's kind of similar to ourselves in it so Nah, definitely. Plus, if you've got a, a team and you down there as well, man, it would be uh, some carry-on. So, <laughs> um, so then from that Newcastle gig, that was, the ne- was it the next day you played Aberdeen? Aye, uh, straight, straight for Newcastle up to Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. And um, Britain didn't know that. That was a good, good laugh. <laughs> what was the communication like in the way up there? Because obviously it was... Uh, this was the last gig before lockdown, wasn't it? So, mm-hmm. how far up did you get before you were worried you were turning back? 
We were quite nervous about it, uh, like a couple of days before. Anyway, so it just my mind does when we were in London and that, and it was like, I mean, the gig was packed, and but the streets were quite quiet after it, and you don't expect that in London. And I don't know, there was just there was just that nervous feeling, and then. I think the, the old forum was meant to be that day as well, and that, that got cancelled. So, like, if that's off, then this guy's surely off. Um, but we'll, like, just, just make it through this day, and luckily it was on, and that was unbelievable. Yeah. What was it, what's it like playing to um, a crowd like that? Because be this point, Lewis is a pop star. He's no kind of... It's a different mm-hmm. crowd. So what was it like playing to them? Uh, it's a weird one because they're, they're definitely not there to see us, do you know what I mean? But you do get the you do get the people that do go along for support bands and that as well and like, they get doing early. Obviously the front row not interested <laughs> at all. They're doing their early tours. But uh, nah, we, we got loads of great feedback after that and gained a few followers and stuff on social media so uh, we, we were really happy how it went but as you say, it's it's not the crowd you're used to, and but I don't mind that. Do you know what I mean? If 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 we gain any fans, then yeah, it's well worth it anyway. Yeah. It's a challenge in it as well. It's a challenge to kind of win people over. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, it's hard because like you're just. I mean, within you like a sound check of that, so we're just going, just going for it and see how hopefully hopefully the best type thing, and then. Obviously, Lewis got a big production behind it as well uh, when he comes in. So it's uh, yeah, you hit you do well, and then you get him. You're like ah, it's not that way to go. But no, it was a uh, unbelievable experience, and uh, but I'm grateful that Lewis asked us. What, what's the script with a gig like that? Obviously, it's with your pal, but um, wait. He's got is it that big at that point? So do you, I mean do you get seen him backstage or that or is it kinda Aye aye. I still would see him. Aye, he's always he's always he's like he's obviously hectic before and after his gigs and that, but he always makes time to come and see us and that before. And then uh, aye, we had a good party after it anyway, that's for sure. <laughs> we went we went out of the we locked in with a two week hangover anyway, so we want to we want to do a bottle of isolate. Right, uh, going back the first time, the first time I seen his live was um, supporting Kyle Faulkner at the QMU. I've heard you talking on another podcast about that venue, man. That's like that's the first time I've been there, man. It's a cracking venue, mm-hmm. isn't it? Ah, um, that's brilliant. And I can mind, I went, I went out for a cigarette. I think you just played a couple of songs and I went out for a cigarette and I was mm-hmm. talking to a boy outside and he was from Whitburn and he, right. I, I was saying, I says, that's fucking band, man, they're really fucking good. I don't know the, the name of them. And he's oh, well, that'll be Mark Sharp. But there, like, there was like a, there must have been busloads of that as well. And he, he was, this guy was fucking raving about Luke LaVault. That's who he was going on about. But mm-hmm. I that, that's the first time I've seen you, and I, I was really impressed. And uh, yeah. the cover of Born Slippy, man, that was amazing, man. Um, Aye. When did, like, where did that come from? Why did you decide to put that in? I know you've been playing it for a while, but... Aye. 
I'm not too sure, to be honest. Uh, when I did like the acoustic shows and that in pubs, I'd I'd play it, but uh, I don't know. It's maybe came for that. We thought let's let's uh, try it with the band and McKinney. It doesn't even feel like a cover anymore because we've we've played that long. It's like mm. when we were doing that uh, that uh, Hyde Park live stream thing, we were like, we should do a cover for it. And it's like we're already doing a cover actually, but it was that so. <laughs> nah, I don't know what it came for. I, I absolutely love that song, and like obviously it's famous through uh, Train Spotting, and that's that's my favourite film as well. So, uh, I, I I think that that's probably what it came for. I, I can't actually mind we've been doing it that long, but um, right, that's many of the hype that we're still doing that because I think we've played we've played it at that King Touch gig as well, and that was that was a while back now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, just like just going back to that gig in California, the drum Cobo was drumming that night. And he missed he missed sound check, and so did Connor. I think. Right. So we, we didn't get after the best start with that, but Mike uh, Cobo ended up in the gig of his life as well, though. Right. So I probably make up for being late, but yeah, um, I think that was the first time we played Amonis as well. Right, but well, that's the thing as well because all your all your songs, um, I think they all sound completely different from one another, which is kind of mm-hmm. you, you never get a chance to kind of like, oh, that that's what they sound like, man. You, you never kind of mm-hmm. pigeonhole yourself. That's what yeah. I like about you. Aye, uh, that that's always been the the kind of goal to do that as well. Um, because like I know bands have their own sound and that, and then that's that's fair enough. But like you kind of get bored for me anyway. I know I know people like to keep listening, like they just like they like with the light type thing. But for me, I like it when bands go a wee bit out of their comfort zone and try something different and mm-hmm. mix it up. And uh, we always try we try to stay true to us and no try and drift off too far. But just I just always mix it up with with each release and. I think we've, we've successfully done that so far. So, mm-hmm. so what is the the writing process with the with the band? Is it kind of do you come up with the idea and then kind of take it to them once? Uh, aye, aye. We're, we're always trying new things as well, trying new ways of writing. Um, but like, I feel like since since like the the lockdown and stuff like that, we've, everybody's kind of been chipping in to try and kind of get mm-hmm. something done. Um, so they'll send over all these ideas and stuff for that and then I'll put lyrics to it or whatever um, or I'll send them over ideas, let them put their parts to it. So you're always trying to, you have, you have to try and find new ways because we're not in the same room to kind of write together now. So yeah. it's, um, try to be all online and stuff like that. But we find the season a bit, well, we'll get back to it again soon. Yeah. The lockdown covers... You've done the Lockdown Covers album. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've been watching it, or they kind of releases on uh, Facebook and things like that, and then you brought it as an album. But I mean, like the songs on that are also different as well. It's all kind of different styles, man. But mm-hmm. I don't think there's a bad song on it. I think you smashed every one of them. Um, oh, cheers, man. But there's one, one song, The Look. That's like oh, right, completely yeah, yeah. different for that's like mega man, that's completely different for yeah. the, the rest. But see your mm-hmm. your new single, Sink or Swim. Mm-hmm. I think that's kinda get that sound, like the look. 
So right, I don't know aye. if I don't even know if that was some sort of influence there that I mean there's a good chance because Darnley plays the keys and stuff and he, he puts his sounds and stuff on it like mm-hmm. he's a big fan of who who did a look song. So I uh, probably is definite. He'll be buzzing that you've said that. Uh, uh, it's really good, man. But I uh, so there probably is kind of in that way. Uh, I never really thought about it like that because it's like, aye, aye, you're never thinking about it. Aye, you're right. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if that's like a pointer is to maybe the way you are going to go, the sound you are going to go in the future. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, maybe, mate, maybe. I mean, it's like you say, it's hard to like kind of. Pigeonhole, what your your sound's got to be like. It's you feel like you're you're, you're progressing, but you you never really know what direction we're going in next. So yeah, I, but you never know, mate. You never know. Well, because I mean, Mark, I like that tippy toes as well. I've been saying that at work all day. I've been driving for half a read with it. Brilliant. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm not a very good singer either, and I've got my earphones in. I'm saying for I just like what's he fucking doing. <laughs> oh, brilliant, man. So, um, what's <clears throat> obviously the, the single was released, what, two, was it two weeks ago? Aye, two weeks ago, aye. So, and it was sitting quite high up in the charts and iTunes at one point, when it? I didn't look mm-hmm. to see where it, where it kind of settled at, where was that? Aye, it got uh, number one in the rock charts. Right. And, uh, Made it into number twenty on the UK official charts. So mm-hmm. that was that's something new for us as well. We we never experienced that before, so that, that's pretty good. We never pushed it either. I, I didn't. I, to be honest, I don't even know how how it happened. I think yeah, like there's something to do with like pre-sales and and all that. But if you pre-save it and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. I mean, we never kind of pushed that. We put a link there, and it was up to people if they wanted to buy it. Or, Save it or whatever, so yeah. Uh, thank, 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 thank you to all, all the people that done that because uh, it's great, it's quite cool to see you tuning in the charts. Like, ah, he's done well, man. It's, I mean, it's I like, just I think once you get a fan base, see when you're seeing you put it on Facebook, if you've got a fan base, you only need to put a couple of messages out and folk are looking for it because I was like. Yeah. I was checking every, I was checking Spotify constantly. Oh, I've had the date sign for that. So <laughs> and then Dictator was it Dictator brought out a song last week, didn't they? Aye, they brought it I hide seat last week, yeah. So you, oh, he's a rock, you know. He's a taking your Spotify to follow up on. Aye. <laughs> 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 uh, so what's next? Like Album-wise and things like that, have you got any plans for anything like that? Um, it just depends when we get like, proper get back in the studio, I think, and see um, what tunes I've got. We're always kind of writing away in the background and sitting on a few demos that were, and, and a couple of tunes that we've, we've um, started on in the studio. We need to go back in and finish. Um, so I've got a mountain of tunes, but... I mean, I don't know. I don't know album wise what's going to happen with that. I'd love to bring it an album, like so. Mm. We'll see. We'll see. It's quite a cost a lot of money, I think, though. So we need we need gigs to come back so we can. Yeah, but that's, well, that's it. Gigs are gigs are what's 
mate, he's your money, really, isn't it? And my pal, yeah. I've got a pal, drummer of the La Fontaine's. And, oh, nice one. Um, I've actually got the other book here, mate. Yeah. Uh, handy. Aye. That's class, the man. That he's, that he's wrote. I was listening to a podcast, like a podcast quality as well, man. Did you hear Is it? it Jamie? Is it Jamie that plays drums? Aye. Aye. That's his stories in it, that big guy. Mm-hmm. He, he bring it another one. He's bringing it his diary next year. Got oh, class. Um, I forgot where, where's my chain of thought there. Why was I just seen them? Um, I get obviously listening to podcasts, and you'll know he's fucking on building sites and putting fridges and shops and things like that. So, I mean, what, what do you do? How have you been managing through lockdown? Did you get other jobs or what? Aye, well, all the boys have worked anyway, um, but I was just doing music, but I've just went and got like a wee part-time postage job just to keep me going around. Right. So that's for the next, next few months, mate, so... What's that way, Royal Mail? Aye, aye, aye. aye that, I, that's where I work. I work for Royal Mail. <laughs> aye, it's only a, it's only a wee part-time, I think, uh, I think it's October or something, so uh, I'm hoping gigs are back by then, so... Could get uh, back into that, man, because I mean, it's keep, keeps you going, really. Like, gets yeah. you out of the house and stuff, but uh, that's gets a wee bit of money in. But I need to get back into the music, mate, pronto. <laughs> so, obviously, you're aware of the, the podcast called Time for Heroes. Mm-hmm. And uh, says to you last week about picking four heroes for to come to a dinner party. Oh, yeah. aye. I know. I was thinking about. I was thinking about it. Yeah, so, is it like? Is, does it have to be uh, yeah. like dead or alive? Or is it dead or alive? It doesn't need to be. It can be whoever you want. It could be a family member. It could be a sportsman. It could be whoever you like. Right. So, four heroes, right. and then you, as well as that, you need to tell me what you what you plan to meet them for dinner as well. Right. <laughs> well, I think I'm a big. I'm a big fan of Italian food, mate, so I just put a big spread out of pasta, pizza, mm-hmm. garlic bread, share, all that. Uh, some gnocchi or something like that. Something quick, mate, so that so as you can, can get, enjoy uh, it. So as you uh, can get the swallow Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I'm thinking Billy, I'm thinking Billy Conley and... Mm-hmm. Will Ferrell right. for a laugh. Got to, got to get a hair laugh. And then we'll need to get folk in for a sing song. George Harrison. Right. That's a good genius. That's a good choice. He, he, he can play the guitar. Oh, I don't know. Uh, we need to get a good singer. Well, my favourite singer is Otis Redding. So. Right. That's amazing to hear. Be amazing to hear. That's some squad, man. Uh, I was going to say no Gallagher just to nip his head and <laughs> just because I quite like watching his interviews and stuff like that. So I was going to say him, but nah, I'll stick to the, the two uh, comedians. And oh, you get some carry on with these two, wouldn't you? But Aye. I don't know. See, see, you stick Billy Conley in a room with, with MDL, like any other comedian. I don't think they. I don't think they oh, can put a candle to him. 
That's true. Right, we'll, right, we'll get we'll throw no Garker in there. We'll go Billy Connolly, no Garker, George Harrison, and Otis Red. Right. And we're that's all getting standing. Otis Red, man, see that album there? Hey, what is it? Sings Blue? That's something. Nah. That's fucking yeah. brilliant. Then, uh, that's, that's, that's my favourite album, I'd say, probably. He's, he's my favourite singer. Um, uh, doesn't matter what mood you're in. That mm-hmm. album's just perfect. You can listen to any mood, man, because it's got everything. If you want to dance, it's got to dance, it's got to dance the tunes on it, and it's got to, if you want to be great, it's got, it's got the tunes as well. It'll break your heart as soon as you open his voice. Yeah. Well, were you into him when you were younger? Uh, I, I, I quite liked him and Sam Cooke right. as well, and Aretha Franklin as well. I, I just love all that kind of soul. Soul music, but Motown and stuff, um, and I feel like I think, as I say, that I'm a one dollar big Ross Stewart fans. I think Ross Stewart kind of he tears his voice off like Sam Cooke and yeah, Otis Redding and stuff. So, um, yeah, that's probably why I kind of dug back deeper into yeah. that kind of catalog. And I just love, I just love the way that music makes you feel, man. Yeah, because uh, I mean, like. I knew who he was, but I hadn't really listened to him. And it wasn't until, I don't know, about five years ago, there was a programme on Sky Atlantic. It was called The Quarry. Uh, and they played an Otis Redden song in that. And mm-hmm. they were playing it, a guy get the batter fuck it, a guy put, a, right. put him under a motor and crushed him or something. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, that's the greatest song I've ever heard. And then, like, I mean, from that album and like the full album is brilliant, man. Aye. What's the can you mean? What song it was? Eh, it it was me... a slower one. I've been loving you, maybe. I think it was that. Aye, because as soon as he starts, he starts with a lyric in. As soon as he starts, I'll send you. I'll send you. I'll send you a message. And then, and then I'll. Cancel it and, and put the right one in the podcast. Thanks very much for coming on. That'll do us, man. I hope you all enjoyed this episode of Time for Heroes podcast. If you would like to get in touch, the best way is on the Facebook page, Time for Heroes podcast, or on Instagram at Time for Heroes podcast or Twitter at Time for Heroes P1 or drop me an email at Time for Heroes pod at gmail.com. You'll find Time for Heroes on all podcast platforms including Spotify, Apple, Google, and Amazon. Please leave a review where you can, share with others, and more importantly, enjoy.
Simple thing, a true word spoke, a lie.